0: I didn't even preach on Sunday. I just laid out the vision, and we had two souls saved and three people joined the church. Amen. That is amazing. That is amazing. And so I'm grateful to God for what God is doing. Amen. Okay, so I want to let you in on a little secret. I want to let you in on a little secret. I hope y'all hear me and hear me in the spirit. Praise God. The month of december pastors taking a sabbatical praise god all right i need a little break i need a little break i need a little break you can't give uh what you don't have amen you can't draw from an empty well amen so i will not be teaching or preaching on wednesday or sunday amen in this month all right that don't mean you don't need to come amen you need to be here praise god i was listening to a preacher uh talk about um he's going on a sabbatical he um very prominent church And uh, he told his church that only in the black church do we have a problem with the pastor taking a break because the first thought is well what's gonna happen to the church and what's gonna happen to the giving and what's gonna happen to this, and what's gonna happen to that and he told his church he said listen first of all number one this ain't my church this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ he is the head of the church but number two if you only come to church for the pastor then you didn't you have not started worshiping God amen Um, because it should not be predicated on the pastor. And so I'm taking a break. I need a break. Amen. And um, I'm grateful to God for uh, ministers who are faithful. Amen. Who can take uh, uh, instruction. And I thank God for them, and so on tonight, amen, we're kicking it off with Minister Winchell as he comes to preach, uh, teach the word of God on tonight. Put your hands together for Minister Winchell as he comes. Come on, let's clap our hands for our own, our own, our own, amen. Use that microphone, it's mine.
1: Praise God, praise God, praise God, glory to God. How y'all feeling tonight? You guys feeling all right? I just got one question. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord on tonight? Oh, my gosh. That was a little dry. I said, is anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord on tonight? Come on. I know I'm in the right place. Uh, I will not uh, behold the hour too long on tonight. um, I'm going to give it to you and let you work it out with your Holy Ghost. Amen. Um. So we are in the month of December. We are in the month of December. And typically the month of December is known for one thing and one thing only. So around this time, um, people get excited, right? Uh, They start thinking of things to come. Uh, We start thinking of chestnuts, start thinking of eggnog for those who like it, Uh, overgrown socks, Uh, mistletoe, (laughs) Um, (laughs) trees. Oh, and we cannot forget about the lightly hued man who climbs down a chimney delivering presents or coals to little boys and girls, depending on if they were good or bad during the year. So, a lightly hued man determined um, what you received depending on how you lived your life. Now what's so, what's so profound about that is that I am glad that my blessings is not determined on a lightly human, but it's determined by the blood of Christ that was shed for me. And I don't know about you, but I am glad that it is determined upon my Lord and Savior. Who? Jesus Christ. So during this time, we sing a song, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose although it's been said many times anyway i know i just skipped a whole stanza but listen um this is not american idol and i'm on assignment on tonight all right but what i want to do is i want to talk about christmas for a little bit christmas christmas more christ right so, just to kind of give you a little background, so what a lot of people don't know is that Christmas is was originally called Yule, and it was like this European Germanic holiday that was celebrated. And here's the thing: it was some uh, missionaries that came by and said, "Uh-uh, y'all tripping? This needs to be what it needs to be about." I think they were black, if if I just uh, be honest, because those were some mothers that said, nah, y'all ain't finna do this. We're gonna celebrate it for really for what it really is." But before we can go into this, I want to give you a scripture. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Turn to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. And please stay with me tonight and talk back to me, please. Talk back to me. Sitting at a job, don't nobody talk to me. I need somebody to talk back to me on today. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. If you're there, say I'm there. If you need time say oh, hold on. Oh lord. Okay, I'm holding. I'm holding. Isaiah chapter 9 and we're going to we're going to read verse number 6. We're going to read verse number 6. So this is the prophet Isaiah talking. He says for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. We'll say those names again. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, why did he say that? What was going on through that time that caused him to make that statement. But you first have to understand who Isaiah was. So Isaiah, he was a prophet who lived in Jerusalem uh, that spoke on God's behalf. He was pretty much the person that God spoke to and he delivered a message. Uh, some of us have some Isaiahs in our lives that actually, you know, sometimes they'll hear from God and they'll tell you, you know, when they tell you, hey, you know, that's you, you, sh- you shouldn't be going down that route. Hey, this is a bad relationship. Hey, some of us have some Isaiahs in our life and we need to thank God that God sometimes send the word through somebody else because sometimes we can get so blinded by what we're going through that God has to use somebody else to deliver a word to us. Can we be honest and say sometimes we can get blinded by life sometimes that sometimes God has to nudge us through other people who are in the face of God that can actually give us a word that we need. Amen. So he used to warn leaders during that time that they needed to stop oppressing the poor, engaging in idolatry, And if they didn't, that other kingdoms would take over. So Isaiah during that time would mainly speak about God's judgment, but he also spoke about God's hope for the people. So understand that prophets during that time when they spoke, usually it wasn't really a good thing that they spoke um, because they was trying to get you right. Because usually if you was doing right, you good. You know, you just you frolicking in the fields, feeding your sheep. And but if a prophet had to come to you, you, you know, you're tripping. Um, Cause usually that's so. Be careful of those people that's always trying to prophesy to you. Always talking about some good stuff. Listen, you already know it's already spoken. God says you are the lender, not the bar You are above and not the beneath. You are blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed when you're coming. He's already spoken those blessings over you. So be careful of people who's always trying to speak. You know what I'm saying? Prophesy. Yeah. You. You. Yeah. Exactly. Y'all know the word. Um. So the thing is, he usually spoke about anything that is happening in the future, and. What's so profound about that is even the prophet Samuel even spoke the same thing that Isaiah. So turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel. 2nd Samuel. 2nd Samuel chapter 12. And verse number 12. 2 Samuel 12 and 12. Because as we all know, scripture always supports scripture right if people say well how you well scripture supports scripture two separate times it says the lord declares to you that the lord himself will establish a house for you when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors i will raise up your offspring to succeed you your own flesh and blood and i will establish his kingdom Verse number 13 says, he is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So even the prophet Samuel spoke of the same thing that the prophet Isaiah, which tells me that no matter what's going on, understand in the dark times that God is always up to something. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is up to something. Wrong neighbor. Turn to the other neighbor and say, neighbor, God is up to something. Isaiah was a prophet who was future-focused, and he gave a word to those leaders, and since God always had a plan, it always lets me know not to allow myself to miss a season. Because when God has a plan for your life, you need to make sure that you don't miss the seasons of when they happen, because what will happen is you'll be like that hamster on a wheel, and you'll start to repeat season you'll start to keep going through the same cycle and this is what the prophets used to do they used to tell these leaders hey listen God is saying you need to do this if you don't do this something bad is going to happen and I'm trying to make sure that I simplify it for my people is that you have to understand that when there's a lesson learn a lesson if God is teaching learn what he's teaching if he's correcting Allow the correction to happen. Even in the blessing, be careful that you don't allow the blessing to consume you because sometimes we can get consumed by our blessings. that you need to focus and be humble in the time that God is blessing, right? So God says that I've given you plans of a future, plans to prosper you, not harm you because I want to give you hope in the future. Now, during all this future talk, we're talking about the prophet Isaiah, during all this uh, future talk why is this so important so here let me paint the scene for you right before we get to this at the time there is a king by the name of ahaz right does anybody know who ahaz's son is i'll teach you bible tonight ahaz ahaz i know it's in the old testament like do we really go to the old testament because we usually read the new testament but ahaz's son is hezekiah you remember hezekiah when god said you're gonna die he turned his face to the wall and prayed and god added years to his life okay so ahaz was his father right so King Ahaz was very stubborn, very stubborn, didn't want to listen. When correction came, he was always trying to do his own thing because sometimes when we have a kingdom established under our own name, we can get the big head and think we know everything. We, sometimes we can have education and think that, hey, I got my education. I don't need nobody to tell me nothing. We got a couple of dollars in the bank. We feel like, hey, can't nobody tell me nothing. And the reality is as people, sometimes God has to bring us to a place where he humbles us, right? So, look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, humble yourself. And what ended up happening is the prophet Isaiah was trying to warn him and say, Yo, you need to stop. You need to stop. You need to chill out. Chill out. If you don't, something bad's gonna happen. We got this Assyrian king. And at the time, Assyrian had just joined forces with another people because sometimes when the Bible says that you need to pay attention and focus and look at the enemy's tactics, you need to pay attention because sometimes the enemy will come, will uh, partner with another enemy to come after you. So. At the time, he did not listen to the counsel that was given to him, so. My question to you is, have you ever been in a place where someone's trying to give you good counsel and you just don't listen? Have you ever been in a place to where you feel like you got it all together on you by yourself and you just don't listen? I mean, someone sees you entering into that relationship and they say, hey, if you get into that relationship, your relationship with Christ will falter. Right. Or sometimes we feel like that we can go to places that really won't affect our spirit. But we lie to ourselves and say that it's not going to affect us, but it really does. And what I want to tell you is that, ladies and gentlemen, we all face difficult times in our lives where the wrong direction seems more appealing than what God wants. And it boils down to just this one word, trust. Trust. It's trusting God and understanding that God is still in control. Because sometimes we can get so trusting in our own that we tend to push God to the side. It's very scary sometimes to see the saints blessed. It really is. Um, sometimes God has to keep you in a certain season because you have not learned how to master that level before he can take you to the next level. So case in point, if you're making a job, if you're working on a job and you're making about $35,000 a year, right, and you can't manage that, how can God bless you with the $60,000 a year job if you can't manage the $35,000 a year job, right? So with Trust. Why is that so important? Why is trust so important? Talk, if you don't talk, talk back to me. Why is trust so important? Yes. Why is trust so important when it comes to um, our service to God, when it comes to obeying God, when it comes to follow? Why is trust so important? Just, just blurt out any answer. Open ourselves up. What else? Shows obedience. Okay, that's a good one. What else? Accountability, right? seeking counsel okay all right oh you know there's no wrong answer i just want to know get your feedback and understand okay trust okay trust also correlates with another word and that's called faith faith is the substance if what faith is what and the evidence of things we're going to say that again faith is Hope for the evidence of things. So when it comes to trusting God, it has to do with your level of faith. Because when it comes to serving God, you will not know everything that's going to happen. So when the prophet Isaiah was trying to tell King Ahaz, hey, you need to stop. You need to stop. Ahaz didn't understand what was getting ready to happen. He did not understand that, hey, the Assyrian king was about to attack his kingdom and his people is about to be plundered. They're about to be destroyed. And he did his best to try, but unfortunately, he did not listen. But the great thing about sometimes when you find yourself in a place to where you don't trust and you're not really obeying, God will still give you a hope. Aren't you glad that you serve a God that even when you don't want to be kept, he still keeps you? That sometimes when you disobey his word, that he still sends another word. He still gives you hope and he still covers you. He protects you. He still provides for you because God knows that we as people, we are some messed up folk. We're messed up folk. But I thank God that he that his love for me is not predicated on what I do, but it's predicated on who he is. Right. So what happens is in the good times, I'll trust him in the bad times. I'll trust him when I'm up. I'll trust him when I'm down. I'll trust him when he's blessing. I will trust him when he's correcting. I will trust him. So I need you to touch your neighbor this time and say, neighbor, you better trust trust so just like king a has many of us feel like we know everything and we can move without god's guidance we depend on education we depend on money we even depend sometimes on our relationship statuses and i've even seen this that we depend sometimes even on our family name we depend on our family name so i understand why that he says a child will be born to us And he began to give the names because I need you to understand there's only one name that you need to stand on. So the Lord speaks to Isaiah. He lets know that I'm getting ready to send someone who will be everything the people need and his government will never end. So here's what God gave you when he said a child will be born. He said, Emmanuel. Everybody say, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is God with us. And when it talks about God with us, it talks about your protection. How many people know sometimes you need to be protected from your own self? Because sometimes we can get ourselves in some mess. This flesh, boy, this flesh, filthy, messed up, raggedy, rebellious, stubborn. I mean, just mean. But I am so glad that he decided to be with me and protect me. Right? So even with Emmanuel being with us, so he gave us the deity of Jesus who was God with us, and he was God in the beginning. Turn your Bibles to John 1 and 11. I'm sorry, John 1 and 1. That's a small one. Uh, John 1 and 1. John 1 and 1. And it's a very familiar scripture. Very familiar scripture. It says, In the beginning was the word and the word was the word was God and the word was with God the word was with God and the word was God meaning that he was there since the beginning he was there since the beginning he knew the life path that you would take he knew where you would be even on today December what's today's date December 4th he knew exactly where you'd be God was with you always And John 8 and 58 says, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered before Abraham was born, I am. And I am glad that I have a God that is with me. And he was always with me. No matter where I'm at, he's with me. Whether I'm at school, he's with me. Whether I'm at work, he's with me. Whether I'm in my home, he's with me. When I'm crying at night, he is with me. The second thing as God with us, as Emmanuel, he is the sustainer, right? He is a sustainer. The Bible teaches us that the divine Christ sustains the very universe in which we live. And that great chapter which is designed to exalt the Lord. In Colossians 1, Paul affirms that in Christ, all things exist. In Christ, all things exist. Listen, in Christ, all things exist. Which means everything that I need to do, I need to do it what? In Christ. Everything that I need to do, I need to do it in who? In Christ. In Colossians 1 and 17, he says, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You need peace? You better find it in Christ. You need strength? You better find it in Christ. You need joy? You better find it in Christ. Shoot, you need your bills paid? You better find it in Christ and obey his word. And number three, as Emmanuel as God with us is he given us his human nature. Now even though Christ existed eternally as a deity it was his divine plan that he become human so he can fulfill the time, the seed of the woman, so he can fulfill the prophecies because it says that the seed of a woman came to earth in Genesis during 15 which says that God knew that he had to become human because there's nothing that any of us could ever do to pay for what we did. We're too imperfect. We're filthy. We're nasty. Um, the minute you sin one time, that was it. That was it. It's almost, like, it's almost like you eat a plate of food, like you get a plate of food, and you find one hair in it. It's, it's a wrap. You don't even want it no more. Why? Because it's tainted. You want your money back. It's, in your eyes, you're looking at it as if this is, this is ruined. So the minute you sin that one time, that was it. It's a done deal. And Christ knew that he had to come to pay a price that we could never pay for. Anybody know that you could never pay for the price that was paid for you? The Bible says that every time you sin, you put Christ on a cross afresh, right? Afresh. So there's nothing that we could ever do to ever pay for, for our sins. So one, he was the deity of Jesus. He was our sustainer. And three, the human nature, which was Emmanuel. But not only Emmanuel. Not only Emmanuel. Hold on, I think I skipped. Okay. I got more notes. Right? The Bible says that, and I will cause hostility between you and a woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. And Galatians 4 and 4 says, but when the time set had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, under the law. Hold on. Serve under the law. He sent Jesus under the law. So during that time, in order for you to be deemed righteous, you had to follow all, I think it was what, 617 laws that you had to follow. I could barely follow six in a day. So Christ sent, Christ came down during the law. So now we are no longer under the law. Everybody know that. Now we're under what? Grace. We are under grace. Why is it so significant that Christ came? Because he knew we would never be able to fulfill the law. We would never be able to fulfill the law. All the 617 laws that you had to follow daily, every single day. That's, that's, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Once you thought it, it's a wrap. Even if you thought it's over, you, it's over. But I'm so glad that Christ came to fulfill the law. He says, I didn't come to do away with it, but I came to fulfill it. So that way, now that I find my righteousness in Christ, because I'm imperfect, he played. The, he paid the price, blood was shed, now I have a relationship. Now I'm in right standing, righteousness with God. Amen. In order that we might identify, Jesus came in the likeness of flesh. For the law was powerless. This is Romans 8 and 3. For the law was powerless. For what the, for what the law was powerless to Because it was weakened by flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. This does not assert that Christ himself possessed sinful flesh because he was born of the Virgin Mary. Only that he had a body of real flesh and such fleshly bodies and other responsible people are given to sinful conduct. Which means that he knew he had to come down in this body to show an example that, hey, I have the same body that you do, but you don't have to succumb. Because when Christ came, Christ broke the bondage that we have to sin, which means, and we've learned this a few weeks ago, that when we sin, we, now we no longer have to sin. We sin because we want to. Come on, I have some people who remember some stuff. So, Christ broke that. So, if you ever find yourself saying, I can't help myself, you lying. You can't help yourself, you know. But it does take a daily practice. The Bible says you need to carry your cross what? Daily, which means that it needs to be a daily practice. As humans, it takes, what, 21 times to create a habit? So sometimes we have to create these healthy habits in order to really fulfill our walk with Christ. Or to do the things we need to do to make sure that we're on path with Christ. Amen? Starts off with reading our word. Daily. Reading Reading your word. Daily. Bible app. Right. Daily reminder, read your word, praying daily. We talked about prayer a few weeks ago where the first thing before your feet hit the ground, the first thing you do, talk to God, pray. Make sure that God gets the first part of your day. All right. So you need to pray, read your word. And lastly, you need to listen to some worship music. Be careful what you're feeding your spirit. Be careful what you're inserting inside of you, because if you you know, sometimes you say that, man, that ain't really affecting me. It's a lie. It's a lie. This flesh is like a sponge. This flesh is a sponge ready to soak in anything that is not of God. You hear me? Some of us, we can't listen to R&B all day because it puts us in a certain mood that we don't even need to be in, single folk. Now, if you're married, you know, that's between, between y'all. You know, you can't listen to um, all the trap and rap music because it may bring out some feelings of anger and things like that, right? So you got to be very careful. So why is this all important? Why is this important? Because during, the, during your walk with Christ, right, you have to get to a place to where you're moving forward. The Bible says you're going from glory to glory with God. You have to get to a place to where now you make it a daily practice to really grow with God. During those times, listen, them people were walking in such dark times that they craved something. They were looking for hope. They were looking for something to help them through the times that, and here we have free access to Christ. We have free access, free reign. We don't have to worry about getting killed to serve him. So this is our opportunity to really go after God with everything on the inside of us. This is our chance to really seek his face, read his word, you know, grow in him so we can be the men and women of God that he called us to be. So the second thing we we know him as is a wonderful counselor. We know him as a wonderful counselor. Now, as a wonderful counselor, the word is the original word is Pele Yoes. And the first term Pele means miracle, a marvel, a wonder, which indicates something extraordinary, incomprehensible, inexplicable. You know, I look at Christ and I say, there is no way. That a man who was innocent of all them crimes that they put on him was able to take that. I mean, I mean, to me, sometimes I think that is wow. A man who was born of a virgin, walked this earth, sinless, but yet took the lashings, took the beatings, took the... Took people spitting on him. Just for you. And here's the crazy, where we're guilty of sin, we're guilty of these things, he still wants to be our counselor he still comforts us in the time of storm he still comforts us even in a time where we put ourselves and the bible calls him a wonderful counselor he's extraordinary he's incomprehensible he's inexplicable he's a miracle he's a marvel some of y'all need to be praising him right there he's a wonder and nothing compares to him the second term is yoaz Which means to advise, to counsel, to devise purpose. Some of you have great purpose on the inside of you and you need to thank God right there. To advise, to counsel, to devise, which means that he is leading and he is guiding your life. He is our wonderful counselor. Another term we know him as is mighty God. Mighty God. The word translated mighty means strong one or a powerful, valiant warrior. Thus the term mighty God is actually a military title. He is the God who fights for his people. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I serve a God that fights for me day in and day out. Through the rain, through the storm, through my situation, he fights for me. At the incarnation, God took the form of human flesh. That is why we call him Emmanuel, because he is with us. Now if you take those two titles and you put them together you have your mighty God who is with you. Mighty God who is with you. So I don't ever want you to think that you are alone. Wherever you go you have a mighty God that's with you. When you're stressed on your job, you have a mighty God that's with you. When you're in your home, you have a mighty God that is with you. When your kids is acting up, you have a mighty God that is with you when you get a bad report you have a mighty god that's with you when you have a bank account that's looking a little funny understand you have a mighty god that's with you because we know god's strength is made perfect in our what in our weakness so understand that you have a mighty god who is with you so now even even in today so i have this thing where now i have to do this and i remember we sang a song that said who are you great mountain?" When you realize you serve a mighty God, a strong God, a powerful God, you'll look at your supervisor and say, who are you? Great mountain. You'll look at that bank account and say, who are you? Great mountain. You'll look at your children and say, who are you? Little mountain. Um, Little mountain. When you get to the place to where you understand the power of the God that you serve, you'll start to look at things in a whole new light. Not only is he a mighty God, but he is also an everlasting father. He is an everlasting father. Understand that the prophet Isaiah was trying to give the people a hope. Now, understand that they're under a reign of a king who just does not want to seek after God. Have you ever been in a workplace where it seems like your supervisor don't want to listen to no counsel? And it seems like nothing is moving forward or you could be part of an organization. You can be even in some of our families where it seemed like just nothing is moving forward. And at the time, um, the prophet Isaiah had to give the people some type of hope because they had lost all hope. And listen, the Assyrian king is about to come and about to destroy everything. What else did they have to stand on? But his word. People of God, I'm here to tell you that whenever you have certain things coming against you, there's one thing you can always stand on. And that is God's word. You can stand on his word. You can stand on his promises. So he is the everlasting father, everlasting father, which could be translated literally as the father of eternity. For this reason, some have suggested that this title means that the Messiah is coming and also the creator of everything. He is the father of time and eternity. Catch that. He is the father of time and eternity, which means that he is the architect of the ages. He is an everlasting father, which means he never gets tired. He never goes away. He's always there. There's something about, and if, you know, if you have a, a guardian or a father figure or anything like that, there's nothing like knowing that that person is there for you all the time. And that's what it's like when you have an understanding that you have an everlasting father, that God is with you at all times times at all times he's with you there's something about being wrapped up in God's love that no matter what you're experiencing going through there's a there's a sense of security there's a sense of safety there's a sense of everything is going to be all right and and I want you to understand this is why it's the prophecy because during this time these people needed something that was going to help them to make it through some of these dark times Have you ever been through some dark times in your life where you didn't know which way you were going, what was going to happen, what was going to transpire? And you got to the place where you said, you know what? I need a word. God, I need you to do something. I need you to make a way out of no way. I need you to open some doors. I need you. And sometimes, here's the reality. Sometimes you may have that word, but those situations still happen. But one thing you can do is you can stand on his word because he says that I'll turn your morning into dancing. Remember, understand that joy comes in the morning light, even though you may have stress, even though you may have sorrow, even though you may have misery that may come in the night. But the Bible says that joy comes in the morning, which means that it's coming. And understand that because he's an everlasting father, he is with you. And then the last name, the last name that he is given, which is the Prince of Peace. I said, he is the prince of peace. Did you know that before Jesus came, we were enemies of God? Did you know that? That before Jesus came and died on the cross and shed his blood, do you know that we were enemies with God? Jesus Christ says the only reason we can truly live peacefully with God. The only reason that we can live peacefully with God. The right relationship with God is the foundation of living in harmony with all his creation. In Jesus, our fears and death are removed and replaced with the gift of eternal life. I'm going to say that again. In Jesus, our fears and death are removed and replaced with the gift of eternal life. Because the reality is Romans 6 and 23 says it. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Aren't you glad that because of Jesus now that you can have eternal life? Now we have eternal life. So moreover, the son of God came to become the prince of peace so that we, the children of God, may become peacemakers. So as believers, as believers, as believers, as saints, as Christians, it is our responsibility to be peacemakers, right? It is our responsibility to go after the lost. It is our responsibility to be that example so people know what it's like to serve a God. Because the saddest thing in the body of Christ is people don't even get excited about the God that they serve. They don't even get excited about the blood. See? Boom. Because when you start thinking of the goodness and the mercy of the Lord and and everything that he's done for you, come on, right there, you want to lift up your hands. Because when you realize that he was your peacemaker, when you were an enemy of God... You are eager to want to be a servant of him. You are eager to want to praise him. You are eager to want to glorify him because you realize that he was your peacemaker. Matthew 5 and 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. So I said all of that to say this. In the month of December, we're celebrating Christ. We're celebrating Christmas, right? But the reality is there was a prophecy that was given to us that said that a son will be born. That even though you're going through your situation, understand that God always got something coming for you. Even though you may have some situations that seems as if they will never end, understand that God got something coming for you. December is the last month of the year. Stay with me. Which means that sometimes... God can't wait to the very end before he delivers you something that you need that's going to carry you through. And some of you know, sometimes you, you wanted to give up hope. You wanted to give up and say, you know what, man, this really ain't going to work. And sure enough, and at the last minute, God will step in and say, I was with you always. That's why I'm your wonderful counselor. That's why I'm your mighty God. That's why I am your everlasting father. That's why I am your Emmanuel. I am with you. And there's two things you need to do. You need to make sure that you trust and that you have faith. I need you to say trust and have faith. Even though it may seem gloom in January, you need to trust and have faith. I know it may seem difficult in February, but you need to trust and have faith. I know in March, it seems like you wanted to throw in a towel, but you need to trust and have faith. Resurrection Sunday, you got your second wind. You got a little bit of Jesus that carried you through. And then now April, May, and June, you're all right. But during summer months, you you like, oh, Lord, what is going on? But you need to trust and have faith. You got August and September right then and there. You're starting to dwindle. But the Bible says you need to trust and have faith. November comes around, and you're like, Lord, the year's about to end. I need you to make a way. He says, I need you to trust and have faith. And finally, in December, he gives you a reminder, and then he opens doors that needed to be opened. He closed doors that needed to be closed. He reversed the doctor's report when it needed to be reversed because he said all you needed to do was trust and have faith. And here's the reality and here's the greatest thing of it. Here's the greatest thing of it. That during those times that there is one thing that he did, even though they went through all of that, he is a keeper. He is a keeper. He is a keeper. I said he is a keeper. He is a keeper. If you let him, he will keep you. If you let him, he will keep you. Yeah, be blessed on tonight.
0: Amen. Um, listen, just a couple of things. Um, when the prophet was given the giving the the name description of of who is coming, um, he called him wonderful, and. I want you to see that you can never look at Jesus fully and and completely and get bored. Okay, let me say that again because the, oh, you can stop there. Because the issue is that the saints get bored so easily now with God. If God is not giving you goose pimples, then you are bored with him. If God is not slinging you on the floor every Sunday, at the altar you get bored with him but when you know that he is wonderful he's full of wonder now where does that word wonderful come from it comes from when they were crossing when they came out of Egypt and they had Pharaoh behind them and Moses goes parts the Red Sea and they said that's wonderful they are going through dry land water on both sides and they said that's wonderful when they got to the other side and had to fight the enemies that were stronger and bigger than them, but they still prevailed. They said, that's wonderful. That, that, that name, wonderful, uh, go to Judges 13 and 18. Judges 13 and 18. Write this down, please. Judges 13 and 18. <clears throat> On Judges 13 and 18, the Bible says, uh, having a conversation, Judges 13 and 18. And I'm paraphrasing. It basically says, uh, he says, "Who who do you say that I am? And Judges 13 and 18 says, God tells them, my name is wonderful. So when we say wonderful, we're not just giving a characteristic. We're giving him identity. That is who he is. He is full of wonder. I don't understand the body of Christ nowadays that get bored with God, you know, you 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 singing you 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 you're working in ministry and you're bored. This is why, watch this. This is why people jump can jump from ministry to ministry, because they get bored so easily. Every day with Jesus should be sweeter than the day before. Every day you get up should be an adventure with God. When you when you wake up in the morning, you should say, Lord, what's what you got planned for me today? What do you have in store for me today? So you will never get bored with God. I, I can't understand saints that come to church and when worship is going on, we sitting there looking lost. Like we don't know what's happening. And the praising got to tell you to lift your hands. And the worship leader got to tell you to spin around. And then somebody got to tell you to touch your neighbor. And then you get somebody got to, all these instructions. Are you really that bored? Are you really that bored with God? Because I never get bored with him. You know how I know I get, never get bored with him? Because I wake up in the morning, I'll be talking to him. And then by lunchtime, I'm still having a conversation with him. And then way over in the afternoon, I'm like, did you just see that? Y'all don't talk to God like that? See, I get it because this is the generation that you only pray when you need something. But when you have a constant relationship with somebody and you are growing with them every single day, you never get bored by them. Do you see the difference? Okay, so that's where that word wonderful comes from. He says the Messiah is a counselor. It, I need you to get this now. This we're counselor. Why would he need to be a counselor? Why would Jesus need to be a counselor? You ready for this? You need Jesus needs to be a counselor. Watch this, because it's a counselor that got the world in trouble. <laughs> Let me say that again. Why would Jesus need to be a counselor? Because it was a counselor that got the world in trouble. Where do you get that from? Go back into the garden. Satan turns himself into a serpent and counsels Eve on what she should do. So when God set this whole thing up, he already knew Satan was going to be a deceiver of the brethren, so he had to do something that, watch this, that when deception comes, I can send counseling your way to get you up out of deception. See, we don't like that right there. So watch this. So when you come to church, I know you want your therapist, but when you come to church, you're receiving therapy from your counselor because the word is counseling you out of disobedience the word is counseling you out of craziness the word is counseling you out of error that's why you need a counselor let me me put it like this Um, uh, watch this because you know whatever y'all teach I'm going to study as well and make sure it's right Um, what is a counselor watch this, you ready for this a counselor is someone who guides your life you know what that means You need to be careful who has your ear. Because some of you are being counseled by ill-informed people. Ooh, it's getting quiet right around here. Everybody who Hika don't need to be your counselor. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful who is counseling you, because whoever is your counselor is the person who has uh, who has your ear. We are counseled into sin, and we need a counselor to stay out of sin. We need him to we need we need to him as our guide, so he can guide our life. Wonderful counselor. Watch this. The, last, the next thing is he's a what? Mighty God. Everybody say Mighty God. Mighty God. What is Mighty God? El Gabor. E L G I. B-B-O-R, El Gabor, Elohim, y'all know all these? Okay, El Gabor, which means mighty God. Y'all got that? Well, Now, what does that mean? It means that God is a warrior. That's literally what that word means. And when Chell went over that, and that was, that was good what he said, that he is a mighty God, that he is ultimately the one who fights on your behalf. God's military might has no enemy that can stand or prevail against him. So I don't understand why when we get hit with stuff, all of a sudden, watch this, we don't doubt the intensity or the power of what's coming against us. We start doubting the intensity or the power of the God we serve. Did you just, you, did you just check what I said? You going through over the enemy that's coming against you. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Y'all don't read y'all word because you don't know what I just said. David shows up to the battlefield and asks the question, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Y'all sit up here running from that? He might be big, but the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I wish I had. Y'all ain't with me on tonight. I know y'all ready to go, but I need to make sure I clean some stuff up because you need to understand that when you serve a mighty God that he is fighting for you there is nothing that can stand before him that's why they sung the song tell me who can stand to be for us when we call on that great name his name is what Jesus Jesus he's a mighty God he's in control of everything there's nothing too hard for him so I don't care what disease is in your body you serve a God that's mightier I don't care what enemy is on your job you serve a my- God that's mightier there is nothing that's mightier than your God. Stop treating God like he a punk. Come here. I'm your pastor. You know how I know you treat God like he, like he a punk? You ready for this? Because you, so, you speak so much defeat. You speak too, you, too much defeat. Too much defeat. I was telling somebody today, I said, listen, you say you want to change. Here's what I need you to do change your language because I don't want to hear about what you have been through I want to hear about where you are going I wish I would have somebody right there can we go ahead and just say for 2019 into 2020 I'm not talking about where I came from I'm talking about where I'm headed in God because the best is yet to come in my life I need you to take just three seconds and give God praise because the best is ahead of you and I'm speaking where God is getting ready to take me What he brought me out is just evidence of what he can do. And if he did that, I know he can do greater. He's an everlasting father. Now, I was worried about this one right here because when I read your your message, I was worried about this one. Because everlasting father is a little little tricky. Let me tell you why it's tricky. Who is this scripture? Who is Isaiah talking about? Who is he talking about? Wonderful, counselor, mighty God. Who 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 is he talking about? Who is he talking about? Jesus. Don't be scared. Who is he talking about? Jesus. Okay, everybody say it. Who is he talking about? Jesus. He is prophesying Jesus hundreds of years before Jesus shows up, all right? And Jesus is the son of God. Question, how is he everlasting father if he's the son? Didn't that blow your mind that time? hmm hmm no <laughs> it's wonderful it's great it's, it's wonderful you have to be careful with that because watch this because it is watch this when you say everlasting father you want to be sure yes God the father God the son they are one but we still believe in the trinity okay three and one y'all got that okay all right now catch this when he says, when he's talking about an everlasting father, it's the idea of the Hebrew word that is Jesus is the source or author of all eternity. Now, that's what Minister Winchell talked about, that he is the creator himself. That's what you just read, that scripture, right? It does not mean that Jesus himself is the person of the father in the trinity. So why is he calling him an everlasting father then? Because that sounds like that's, that's uh, uh, oxymoron, you know, oxymoron. How is that possible? Watch this. It means that, watch this, now and forever, he guards his people and supplies their need. In other words, when Jesus showed up on the scene, yes, he's the son of God, but he started treating you like the father would treat you. You missed it. In other words, he'll take care of you just like daddy would take care of you. So he's calling you, he's calling him the everlasting father because he wants you to realize that whatever you stand in need of, it watch this, whatever you need, God is going to supply it because he is walking in the stead of the everlasting father. In other words, you don't believe me. Remember Jesus showed up and said, I am the good shepherd. Okay, you remember that? He said that I am the good shepherd, which means he's expressing the heart, the meaning of the phrase. That What he's saying is I got tenderness for you. I got a love for you. I'll supply your needs. I'll comfort you when you're down. I'll be there to lift you up. I'll be the strength that you need when you're weak. I'll be the one to come along and pick you up. Now this is hard for us because most of us come out of a context where daddy wasn't in the home. So we don't understand that when daddy is there that you feel a peace of calmness all around. When daddy is there, you know that everything is going to be alright. If a bully is after me, I'm going to go get my daddy. Because my daddy will make sure, if he ain't no weak man, he'll make sure that he'll take care. He'll show up in the classroom and he'll be like, what's going on? What's happening? Anybody ever had one of them fathers that was just crazy? You know, he just, you know, he couldn't fight nothing. But he had a mouth on him. He'll show up anyway. And watch this. I know some of y'all don't have that context. But I'm here to let you know that Jesus Jesus is saying, when you are down, I'll be the one to come along and pick you up. When you don't have enough, I'll be alone to come and supply every last one of your needs. That's what he means, that I'll care for you like a father. And lastly, a prince of peace. He's the one who makes peace, especially between God and man. And Winchell shall lay that out wonderfully, that he is the one that allows us to have peace with God. We do not We're no longer enemies of God. That when we were born an enemy of God. I know this is hard for this generation because this generation, you have so much self-help and you got so many podcasts that tell you how wonderful you are. But when you really get in that book, you'll realize that you are nothing but filthy rags. Yeah. Filthy rags. That, that term, filthy rags, in the Bible, I've told you this before, means a soiled feminine napkin. Read your Bible. That's what the, the word of God compares us to in our flesh. And so Jesus comes along and he does something for us that that bridges the gap in order for us to have peace with God. What does that mean? That God ain't out to strike you with lightning. He, he ain't out to get you. He ain't out to pay you back. I think sometimes we look at the trials we go through as payback for sin, not realizing that it ain't payback, it's just correction. Because when I love you, I love you enough to correct you, not to leave you in your mess. And is there anybody here that can say that? Some things I went through in 2019 were nothing but correction. Yeah, yeah. He had to correct some mindsets. He had to correct some habits that I had. He had to correct some dis- this disposition that I had on the inside of me. He had to correct some things in me. I want us to get to the place. Hear your Pastor. I want us to get to a place that when you go through, you learn how to go through and not realize that God is not against you if I could never get that across to this church that God is not against you when you are going through what you're going through that God is trying to have you on the potter's wheel and he's molding you into who he wants you to be and here's what I have discovered by him molding you he don't mind watch this he don't mind letting you cry on the wheel he don't mind you having sleepless nights on the wheel because sometimes sleepless nights is the work out of you, your distrust in him. He don't mind. Watch this. And here's what we don't like about the potter's wheel. Here's the revelation. Because we look at the potter's wheel, you know, y'all remember Ghost? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, my, love, my darling. Y'all don't know what I'm talking. Who in here know what I'm talking about when I say ghosts? Okay, you remember that movie Ghosts? All right. So that's show imagery of the potter, the potter's wheel, right? But here's what'll mess you up real good. When you do your research, you'll discover that when the when he was talking about being on the potter's wheel, the potter sometimes will shape it and form it. Watch this, and don't like what he made, and he will end up throwing it on the ground and breaking it and starting all over again. I don't know who this is for but maybe your 2019 was your throw on the ground to start all over again and he don't mind that you had a hissy fit he don't mind that you were frustrated he loved your frustration cuz watch this sometimes God will take you through just to see how much praise he can get out you in the worst times of your life he wants to see Are you going to sit there with that attitude or are you going to bless me and say it was good for me that I be afflicted? That scripture right there messes me up. It was good for me that what I went through, it was good for me. Didn't like it. Didn't feel good. Lost some things along the way. But it was good for me because I'm better for it now. Look at your neighbor and say, you are so much better for it now. Look at them real good with an attitude. Say, look at you, look at you, look at you. God done brought you from a mighty long way. I need you to take about five seconds and just give God glory for where he brought you from and where you are. Come on, give God glory. You might not be there yet, but look how far you done came already. So that's what he means when he gives them those names. He's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father. He's a, he is God. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. Clap your hands for Minister Winchell. Amen. Amen. All right. We're getting ready to go. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is 8:02. Everybody stand. See, y'all thought I was gonna be here another 30 minutes. Got you. <laughs> Amen. Did you get something from this on tonight? I want us to always stay in a position hear me freedom that you can um, that I'm not the only chef that can cook for you okay Um, cuz if if I'm the only chef that can cook for you then if something happened to me you'll starve can I just be honest with you one of the worst things that I hate about this church is that when people leave this church like they move away you notice they don't join no other church bothers me because it bothers me because it's like you you only set yourself up to receive from one place and your spiritual what God is doing in you you need to be able to be constantly watch this not only to receive the word but eventually I'm trying to teach you how to feed yourself how did it get in the word for yourself and so I thank God that you are receptive to receiving not just from me but also from the ministers of this church um, and trusting me enough to know That when I give them a, 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 a assignment to do That you respect it Just like it's me giving it to you One of the most disrespectful things A church member can do Is to treat the minister Like I didn't send them That is one of the most disrespectful things That you can do Because what it says is You know it's like them people Y'all seen them in church How you doing pastor? And nasty to you Don't do that. Look at your neighbor and say, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. The same respect that you give me, give it to the person that's sitting next to you. The same respect that you give me, you should give it to every person. Because, again, this ain't my church. This is the Lord's church. I'm the under-shepherd. He's the shepherd. So we want to make sure that we are always in the position where we are receiving the word. And so we bless God. Listen, um, lastly, um, I laid out the vision on Sunday. If you were not here on Sunday, make sure you go on the podcast. It's on the podcast, right? It's not on the podcast? Sunday's message? It is on the podcast? Okay, so make sure you go to the podcast. It's not on there? Oh, okay. Well, y'all get it on there, please. Praise God. Um, Go to the Sunday's podcast tomorrow. And uh, listen to the message from Sunday Where I laid out the vision And where we're going And where we're headed I'm excited about what God is doing And where God is taking us And what he's doing in our ministry Let me say this as well Everybody look at your pastor Look at me real good Some of y'all You've been here too long Not to be serving in ministry It's time to get to work Praise God We need your help Because we got people coming in the door Somebody said You know freedom don't like to do nothing I don't speak that no more Don't speak that no more in this church we need to get active. We need to get. What good is the body to grow, but we don't have people in order to help the body? Amen. And so I want you to get busy in this church. Do something. We have many things going on, and you can plug yourself in easily. Um, and so I want you to be on the lookout for that. I'm excited about what God is doing, where He's taking us. Um, I released on Sunday, those that are interested, if you believe that you have a uh, 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 ministry of intercession, that God is calling you to uh, a life of intercession and prayer, and some of you have that mantle, I am starting an intercessory prayer team. I want you to hear this. They will be the ones that will be starting out the, the services on Sunday. Um, service will not start at 10. Service will start at 955, and it will start with intercessory prayer. Let me tell you why we're doing it and changing